Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you have a story you'd like to share, please do so at adventure.church slash mystory. Also, if you'd like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do that online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare to hear a word from God. Good morning. It's so great to see all of you this morning. Uh, it's just my privilege to speak today. If I have not yet had the chance of meeting you, my name is Jake. I am the associate to the lead pastor here, Pastor Kyle Hammond, and it's with great privilege that I get to share the Word of God today in week two of our little big things. Uh, week one, Pastor Kyle did an incredible job of kicking off. If you missed that first installment, he talked about choosing an attitude of what? Oh, you guys, listen. Man, I, I'm bringing in Collide Student Ministries tactics right here, and you are there. And uh, today, I want to talk a, about a little uh, four-letter phenomenon that I believe if we can harness it, we can use it to make a big difference uh, in our lives. And I do just want to pause before we get off the runway. I do want to remind you that this experience today is best uh, really enjoyed when it is interactive, Okay, and so today, feel free, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, if, if something resonates with you, you can nod your head if you're laid back, okay? If you're charismatic, you can put your hands together. I know, that's crazy. Let's do a little, I've got, I've, I, I did research on this, guys. I did research on this this last week. Charismatic test right now, this will dictate whether this is a charismatic room. I'm going to make a statement, and then I just want you to respond with whatever is in your heart today, okay? Are you ready for this? It's crazy how this, this works. Okay, here's the statement. Buckeye football on Thursday. It's Pentecostal. Wow. And so, um, hey, feel free to encourage me. It gets pretty lonely up here on the platform, okay? Um, so if something's good, you can say that's good. You can say amen. You can say preach it, Justin, um, because... Part of my life, I spent trying to look like Justin Timberlake. Okay, I think we've got evidence that I found on Facebook. <laughs> the best part is, the best part is, zoom in on that, that, that comment there. I, I found this as last week, guys. This is great. March 8th, 2009, at 3.21 in the morning... I will never be doing that to my hair again. That haircut was keeping me up at night, folks, okay? And so uh, I want to get into the Word of God today. I hope that that's what you came expecting um, because God has something that he wants to share with you, and I'm especially excited about this passage. I get to preach on one of my favorite characters in the Bible named Joshua, and I'm going to try holding back my excitement. I'm going to try holding back and restraining uh, just all the gold that is in this scripture, and so hopefully we'll get through it in one take. So let's get our verse up on the screen here. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 through 8 says this, be strong and very courageous. Okay, pause right there. Three times in four verses, God repeats this phrase to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Parents in the house, why do you repeat things to your kids all the time? Because they don't get it. 
And they need to hear it over and over and over again. So a little context for you. Joshua needs to hear these words, be strong and courageous, because guess what? Joshua is not strong and courageous. Joshua is feeling in this moment terrified for a couple reasons. First off, his mentor has just died, Moses. He is now entrusted to lead millions of people into an unknown territory that God promised them hundreds of years ago. Now, mind you, his mentor, Moses, was a pretty bad dude. Okay, this is Moses, hold up your staff, I'm uh, like split in seas type Moses. This is Moses, I'm speaking to rocks and water is coming out of rocks, Moses. This is Moses, when he had quiet time with God, he came out from his tent with his face glowing. Somebody say, those are big shoes to fill right there. How many of you have ever stepped into a position only to find that everybody was watching your every move? Right? I mean, God bless Facebook, but you just become a parent, and now you have a window into how everybody else is a better parent than you. And they're waiting for you to post. Why haven't you post? How many times are you taking your kids to the zoo? We go five times a week. We've got the pass. Or when you finally get that promotion, you finally get that promotion at work, and you find out just how much everybody loved the last guy. He was great. Jim was great. Oh, man, he was awesome. He did so much cool stuff. You're, you'll, you'll be good, though, too. That's great. Or when you've been dating someone for six months and they're still talking about their ex. Just trying to give you context. And so Joshua is terrified here. He's going into a land he's never been to, and although it is promised to him, it's got some problems. He's kind of leading a problematic people. He is afraid. I don't know about you, but I get anxiety when I meet first-time guests, okay? Don't nod your head at me like you walked wall-to-wall during the two-minute mingle, okay? Like you just love hello, hi, and you went row-to-row, okay? But isn't it funny how God will often call us to be the exact opposite of how we feel. Oh, man, that's how he works, isn't it? And I don't know about you, but I found out something. I found out that the things, the feelings that I've been trying to run from are actually pointing me in the direction of who I'm supposed to run to, which, which newsflash, it's Jesus. Maybe, just maybe, the feelings that you've got that won't go away are actually pointing and saying, get to the feet of God. I promise you will be happy there because when you show up at the feet of Jesus, if he's told you to be courageous, if he's told you to be strong, guess what? You can be strong and courageous. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right, let's go back to our scripture. Here we go. We're making time. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Here's our key verse for today, verse 8. Keep this book of the law always, say that word with me, always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I've got a sermon title for today, and it's more of an announcement. So I'd love for you guys to throw that up on the screen and announce this with me on the count of three. One, two, three. There's a word for that. All right, let's pray and ask God to speak to us. Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for gracing us with your presence. 
Lord, we, um, we, we've probably made enough mistakes, Lord God, to discount us and discredit us from connecting with you today. But yet you're here, we're here, so we're asking for you to speak to us in this moment. If you want to hear from God, say amen. 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 <clears throat> no. Give me my next slide. No. Third slide. No. So, if one of the world's leading experts in neuroscience, the study of the brain and how it works, his name is Andrew Newberg, if he were here today, he would say that if we connected an fMRI machine to your brain, it would show that just upon reading a negative word like no would cause a little piece in your brain called an amygdala. I love that word. Just fancy. Teach that to your kids. They'll have a ball with it. Little amygdala will start producing stress-releasing hormones and transmitters in your brain. And these guys are just a lot of fun because these are the guys that interrupt your brain's activity and cause you to fail at things like reasoning, logic, and communicating with others. Worse yet, if you say negative words like no, like I just did right now, those hormones will increase for the person that spoke them and for the person that heard them. You're welcome. That's what I just did. Any middle schoolers, now is the time to ask your parents for a dog. They're going to be like, yes, I felt right. I didn't need to let you know that, though. You've learned, we've all learned the impact that a word can have on our lives. And I'm just going to be honest, folks. I struggle with this. I struggle with this. I have a hard time with this. I aspire to be a man, you know, that has a way with words. Remember Jackie, my wife, wrote that when we were dating. She's like, you have a way with words. I was like, I know, girl. I'm working at it. I'm looking at my thesaurus, okay, checking out some cinnamons. I don't even know how to say that. (laughs) Cinnamons, hmm. But oftentimes for me, words have a way with me. I have a hard time. Maybe I got some, some other guys. This is, I feel like this is a guy problem, not to stereotype, but I feel like this is a guy problem where I have a hard time knowing the difference between when to be witty and when to be wise. Wives, this is the time to nudge your husband, Okay talking about what happened this last week, right? Like one time, uh, just a couple weeks ago, Jackie and I were driving through the Polaris area on a Saturday at 1 p.m., which is always a great idea if you've been in the area. There's a word for that. Um, and we're driving along, and we, you know, we're, we're newly married, so we're growing, you know, which means I'm making a lot of mistakes and having to apologize all the time. And I just made this statement. I said, babe, I just would love for maybe the tables to turn, and maybe just once you're groveling at my feet over something that you did. To which she responds, she says, well, I guess I just really don't do anything wrong. To which I respond, or I'm just not easily upset. I made dinner for myself that night. (laughs) Parents, you know there's also a difference with how you say something and what you actually say. Like how your high school student says the word, what 
whatever determines whether they will live or die. Somebody say, whatever. Let's level the playing field. Just make sure that this topic is going to hit everybody today. If words have ever had their way with you, would you say word? Word. If Joshua were here today, he'd be saying word too. But he'd be saying it uh, like my brother said it back in 1998. Word. Because Joshua would be saying that we're here in chapter 1 and God's taking us into this promised land. But we've actually been here before. And I've actually seen firsthand what happens when you're not careful with your words. In fact, Joshua would say, the reason why we're here right now and we weren't in the land of promise 40 years ago is because, number one, we didn't take God at his word. Because remember, 40 years ago, Moses, dude was in charge, God rest his soul, but he sent some scouts into the land to take a look at it. Twelve of them went in. Ten came back talking about how big the problems were inside of it. Two of them, Joshua, myself, Joshua is saying, and me and Kayla, we came back talking about how good it was. But the ten kept talking and talking about the problems within the promised land. Did you know that destiny is not without difficulties? You got, like, for every marriage, there are marital issues, Amen. Yeah, with the job, there is more responsibility, and there were some problems in there. But rather than focusing on the promise, the word of God that he had given them, they talk, 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 talk about how big the giants were, how bad the land was. And they talk, and they talk, and they talk, and they talk more about the problems than they did about the promise. And because they talk more about the problems than they did about the promise, they end up talking themselves out of the very thing God wanted them to walk into. Have you ever talked yourself out of something God was trying to talk you into? (laughs) Where we talk a lot about life groups here, and every time we've got announcements about our amazing life groups, there's something in you that's saying, I want community for you. You know you need people in your life. You know this season, you can't do this alone. You know you want relationship, and you counter with, but God, I'm awkward. God, I'm just, I'm not a people person. God, if there was a way to mess that life group up, I'd figure out how to do it. You do not want me in that life group. Or when God calls you to this beautiful thing called financial peace, and he's saying, actually, you don't have to go your whole life worrying about money. But we counter and we say, but God, I've got these spending habits, and you don't expect those to change. I mean, what's that one proverb, can't teach a dog new trips? Got to be in the Bible somewhere. And we talk ourselves out of the thing that God is trying to talk us into. And Joshua, I can imagine him talking, 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 talking. Because although he's at the edge of the promise, he's still wrestling with an internal war. He's thinking about himself. Don't we always think about ourselves first? God, I'm too young. I'm too inexperienced. I'm not ready for this, God. And then as I'm looking in there, man, you know what? Those giants must have just kept on getting bigger over the last 40 years. And there's too many of them. And they're too big. And they're too large. And then these people that you want me to lead, anyone leading people, oh my goodness. They're selfish. They're stubborn. And honestly, God, they're stupid. When things got rough, they wanted to go back to bondage. I mean, I mean, I know I'm scared here, but really? And I can imagine Joshua talking, talking, talking. I'm, I'm to this, I'm to that. And then all of a sudden in verse 8, God goes like this. Keep 
this book of law on your lips at all times. Put a word in it. And you guys are looking at me. You're smart. You know. I know you saw right through this illustration. Okay. You fact-checked it real quick on Google, and you're like, Jacob, he did not have the Old and New Testament New Living Version translation full Bible that you have in your hands right now. You're right. I know. I know. You got me. You got me. Joshua just had this thing called Torah. It's a fun word. Let's say it together. Torah. First five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And in these five books, these five books, they had three big concepts. In these five books, they had three big concepts. The first concept was it was filled with written promises of God. This is what I said I'm going to do. This is who I said I am. This is who I said I'm going to be for you. Then it also had the precepts, which is a really fancy biblical word for instructions and directions. This is what I want you to do so that you can maintain my promise. And then the third thing, it was filled with stories and stories of how God had been faithful in the past. And so it's really important, this is super cool, in order for Joshua to read and recite to keep this book of law on his mouth the entire time, Joshua would first have to go and get the book. Duh, deep, I know. Deuteronomy shows very clearly where where this book was located. It was located right next to the Ark of the Covenant. Good news, you don't have to be a theologian right now. All you need to know in this moment right now is that the Ark of the Covenant is symbolic for the presence of God. So Joshua, in order to receive the word of God, would have to go get in the presence of God. And yet we expect to hear from God without getting close to him, don't we? Uh, man, I, I love this mic. I, I really, I love this mic. This mic uh, allows me to project an uh, awesome message to you guys while you guys are sitting in the comfort of your own chair and I don't have to yell. Although, obviously, I do that anyways. And I love this mic, but, but God's not so, so fond of audio amplification. He doesn't like that. Because although this is great and it's convenient, that very convenience is the reason why you can sit 30, 40 feet away from me and still hear me. God doesn't like that. And so what God will do is he'll call into your situation and he'll call you by name, Tyler, and then to give you the word, he'll take the audio away. You got me? You can't hear me? So what I'm trying to say is, So you, you need to get closer to hear me. We've got a God that is trying to get you close. One time God illustrated this so perfectly with a dude named Elijah. Elijah was a prophet, again, another scary biblical word, that just means he shared the word of God. God would give him the word and he'd give it to the people. That sounds like a great job. You know, 501c3 tax benefits, sign me up. Not back in Elijah's day because during his day, the people didn't want to hear from God sound familiar? And so what they started to do is is they started to kill off the very people that were trying to share with them the word of God. And so here Elijah is crippled by fear in a cave, just waiting it out. And God calls into the cave and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah just owns up and he says, I'm afraid they killed everybody else. I'm just going to sit here. So at least he was honest. Give him points for that. And God says, I want you to come out of the cave 
and I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to show up. And so Elijah steps out from the cave, out into the open, and a huge wind comes across. It shakes the very foundation of the mountain. Rocks begin to fall, but the Bible says God wasn't in the wind. And then the next thing up, there's an earthquake, and the very ground beneath them begins to shake, but God was not in the earthquake. Third and final runner-up, there's a fire in the sky. It would appear to be God, but no, God was not in the fire. But it says this, that a quiet whisper spoke to Elijah, and God was in the whisper because God knows this about you and me. It's not enough to just see the power of God. It's not enough to just know the power of God. We need to know that our God is close. Aren't you excited that we have a God that doesn't just shoot out an email, doesn't just send out a text to us to tell you, hey, hope you're doing well, just wanted to let you know how things are going but our God is trying to get us into relationship and get close somebody say get close get close and so Joshua would get close to God in order to receive the word of God and he'd begin to recite this over and over and because God is way ahead of science and because God knew what Andrew Newberg found out God knew that as Joshua spoke the word the word would frame his mind, which would then impact what he did. Give me our verse again, if you could. Verse 8. Keep this book of law on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. And then do everything that it says. Somebody say, that's good. That's good. That's good news for us. But to be completely honest, that is not what I was praying for, God. I don't know about you, but that's a great strategy. Typically, I'm not asking for a strategy with how to deal with my problems. I'm asking to get rid of the problems, God. I'm asking you to make my problems disappear. God, I just, you know, just, just remove, remove it. That'd be great. But God doesn't remove the reality of which Joshua faces. God doesn't remove the reality of which Joshua would face. God gives him something better, is God gives him a surefire, battle-tested way to respond to whatever comes in his path. Let me illustrate this. Ray, you want to jump up here real quick? Give it up for my friend, Ray. So I don't know if you've seen this game um, uh, Jimmy Fallon played it. It's called Say Anything. And I know Jimmy Fallon played it because my unsafe friends told me that they watched that kind of stuff. And so uh, this game is called Say Anything. This is a great, great game to play if you're driving with your kids and you know they're not going to stop talking. And so you might as well just make a game of it. Because you go back and forth and you simply just say the first word that comes to your mind. And you go back and forth, back and forth, word for word until somebody stutters, blanks, or repeats a word. Okay? Or obviously curses. Disqualification right then and there and I'm probably going to lose my credentials. So... That goes for you and me. Would you guys like to see how this, ha this works out? This, this is good. Okay. Um, Ray, are you ready? Okay. I'll, I'll start us off. Uh, we'll go with ball. Guitar. Strings. Uh, should we give him another chance? I really wanted this illustration to last a little bit longer than that. Mm. All right. We're going to go with fire. Ice. Earthquake. Water. Bulls. Exit. Harness. Light. Trash. Door. Can. Newton. 
All right, I, I, wish that, I wish that life was that fun. Don't you? Don't you wish that life just spit out silly words at you all day? But life doesn't work that way, does it? And let's just call it what it is. The enemy, we're going for God, but you better realize that there is something going against you. And he shows up, and he throws some pretty wicked things at us. And although he is known as the prince of lies, to be completely honest, a lot of times he doesn't even work with that stuff anymore. He just works with the script of our life. He just takes very real things about us that we're enduring, that we're feeling, that we're going through. And he just, every day, just want to remind you that you're going through this. So let, let's take a look at what, what this looks like. Okay, um, I'll start us off, right? All right, here we go. Um, Santa. Insecurity. Okay. <laughs> Strong. Betrayal. Uh, hurt. Loss. Uh, un- unfair. Fear. I'm terrified. Doubt. And slowly but surely, the things that get thrown to us start to dictate the way that we speak into our lives. And God's like, Joshua, you ain't going to do that, okay? You ain't going to be going from situation, circumstance, from word to word, trying to dig down deep in your pocket to find something to stay back. So I want you to keep this on your lips all the time. How many of you think that I'll do better this third round? You think that it'll work out? Let's try this again. Uh, I'll let you start. Three, two, one. Insecure. B. Betrayal. Strong. Lost. And. Fear. Courageous. Out. Do. Divorce. Not. Loneliness. Remain. Depression. Afraid. Addiction. Or. Failure. Discouraged. I'm out. And just like that, we run life. We run it out of, of what is coming against us. Why? Because we had something to combat it with. Give it up for Ray real quick. God's saying, God's saying, Joshua, I know you've got some fears right now. All right, there's some big things in your future. And when you've got big things in your future, you're going to wrestle with some fears. There's a word for that, Joshua. It's faithfulness. So I want you to dig into this. And I want you to see all those different ways how Abraham was way too old to have kids. I showed up in that situation. Joshua, I know that you've got some doubts in your brain. I know you're trying to figure out how this is all going to work out. Joshua, there's a word for that. That word is deliverance. Do you remember where you? used to be do you I know I know you doubt where God's taking you but do you remember how far you were from me how you were enslaved and in bondage Joshua Joshua I know that there's some problems in the promise but that's the very word for it it's promise would you lean into my promise would you lean into the words that I've said Joshua I know you're going to face some tall walls at Jericho and you're going to be looking at those walls and the word that's going to come out of your lips is going to be impossible but I want to let you know that I gave Moses not one but two words when he started talking about that and those two words are I am because when you invite the great I am into your locked up situation the great I am will reach in pull the I am out of impossible and make a way where no one knew was there put your hands together if God's showed up in your life and he gave you a word for that and I've got good news for you there's a word for that and there's a word for you. If the band's not making their way up, they can come on up. There's a word for you. And this point in our journey, we have to say, bye, Joshua. Somebody say, bye, Joshua. 
And Joshua gets jealous at this point. Joshua had a good deal. Joshua had a lot of material to form his language with, to take against everything that was coming up against him. And yet the word that you and I have is even better. Because the word that you and I have is mentioned in John 1, where it says, the word. All OSU fans, you know about that word, how important that word is. The word was with God. The word was God. The word was with him in the beginning. John 1.14, the word came down from his throne, made himself into flesh, made his home among us. And when sin, shame, and death left their stamp on us, the word named Jesus Christ showed up and said, there's a word for that. And that word is grace. Somebody just say grace. And this is my big idea today, folks. When Jesus shows up in your life, grace will become your language. When you allow Jesus into your heart, you better believe that grace will impact every word that comes out of your mouth. But oftentimes we let the things that are happening around us to dictate what comes out from within us, don't we? Who's got storms in their life? Who's got something going on? Yeah, you got something going on. Things are getting shaken up. Things are getting threatened. My heart is hurting. I don't know how to respond. There's a word for that. The disciples were freaking out in a boat. Their boat was literally getting rocked. Jesus wakes up and he stands up in the middle of the storm and he says, there's a word for that. But he didn't respond like we do in the 21st century when our opinions, our feelings, our lives are threatened, did he? He didn't get up there in the middle of the boat and go, Ah! You're the worst storm. Ah! No, 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 no. Jesus stands up in the middle of the boat, in the middle of the storm, said, There's a word for that, and that word is peace. Are you speaking peace into those storms? Are you speaking peace? into your households? Men in this room, there's chaos going on in your family. Are you standing up and said, okay, I, I hear all the chatter, I hear all that, and you wanna know what? It's, it's all valid, it, it's all real. But I'm gonna speak peace about this. I love Matthew 5, 9 says, you wanna be known as children of God. This is what it says, be a peacemaker. Well, we're known as a people that walk in and where there's war, we make peace. Where we walk into situations that are filled with hate and we make peace. And we say, listen, I don't agree with you, but I am not, allowed, not about to allow your crazy to make me crazy. Do you wrestle with insecurities? And I know this word gets used a lot. And honestly, like, I think we talk about kids this way. They're insecure as a child. But, but to clear this up, typically the most insecure people are the ones that appear the most confident. 
because we're working, we're working so hard to get out of those insecure feelings by affirming ourselves through our jobs, through our relationships, through our income, through what we have. And if you've ever wrestled with that, I've got a, a word for that. That word is found in Romans 8, 1, where it says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And where the book of the law, this was great, but it wasn't good enough. We needed a savior to step in. We needed a savior to tell us who we are. And when you know that your word over your life is affirmed, you stop projecting those insecurities onto your kids. You stop projecting those insecurities into your workplace. And again, I'm going full circle. When God says, I want you to be affirmed, when God says, I want you to be strong and resolute, I want you to be unmoved because of the power of Jesus Christ within you, the word, guess what? You can be it. You can be it. Can we stand today? We're about to go into a time of worship and... um, And I thought it'd be really cool if we just practiced this. There's something, there's something powerful. Like thoughts, thoughts are big, obviously. But how about we tell ourselves what to think? How how about we talk about it so much that that anxiety in your brain has no other choice but to bow down to the word of God? So those of you who need God to show up in your life and it looks like there's no, it looks like he's non-existent. It looks like he's not present and it doesn't even look like he's moving in on the situation. It's time to tell your mind what to think. For those of you that that's you and I, I bet that's all of us in some way, shape or form. Why don't we just say this, this simple phrase, God will provide on the count of three. One, two, three, God will provide. For those of you that got some chaotic storms in your life, you know what your word is. It's peace. So let's try that on the count of three. One, two, three. Peace. And maybe for some of us, it's God's not necessarily introducing a new word in, but he just wants you to reword it. Like my papers looked in fifth grade, full of red that said reword, reword, reword. And although you are hurt, you need to reword that because that's just half of the truth. The other end of it is you're also healing. And so I can sit, I can sit here and I can be hurt. And every time I meet with coffee with people, I can tell them that I'm hurt, I'm hurt. It was a year ago, but I'm still hurt and my feelings are genuine, okay? I do not want to ignore my feelings. That's cool, that's fine, that's great, feel it. But how about we move from hurt into, you know what, but I'm healing. God's, God's working God's working in my life and and where we start to look at some of the broken parts of our lives and we don't know how it broke. Man, I want to tell you right now, there is good news. There's a word for that because whenever brokenness shows up in the Bible, it means that God is about to build something up. God is about to do a new thing in your life. So, So what if we stop talking about how broke we are financially? If that's you, hey, that's amen. Let's switch the, let's switch the words. I'm no longer broke. I'm being built up. And let's tell ourselves what to think. We're going to sing a song, super simple. The chorus just says this, there's no other name but Jesus. 
And I want to challenge you maybe to, to we, I mean, heck, I did the test. We're all charismatics here. And so as we worship God, maybe, and you can keep your volume to a number one, okay? You don't got to go 12 on us right off the bat. But maybe during this song, as you're singing about the name of Jesus and the word Jesus, you start speaking the other words that Jesus is laying on your heart. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, God, for the word. God, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when you show up, you fill our hearts so full of grace that we can't help but spill over on everything in our life. And that's what we want. And I am declaring in the name of Jesus that when we do that, things change in this crazy world. Things change in our families. Things change in our minds. Things change when we begin to speak your word, God. And so today as we worship, Lord, would you lay that word that word on us, the word that we've been resisting because that, that thing that we need to say it is called faith. But today we're walking in faith, Lord God, and we're declaring that word in this place, Lord. Thank you.